The Sacramento Kings entered the Golden One Center tonight with the bad taste in their mouth from that horrible three-game road trip, plus no shoot-around because of the news that Alvin Gentry tested positive for COVID-19. Then we found out Marvin Bagley wasn't available in COVID protocols. And then we got the good news that Doug Christie, Sacramento Kings legend, was going to have the opportunity, his first opportunity at the helm, taking over the head coaching duties for Gentry in the Kings meeting with the Washington Wizards. A meeting that so many of us, quite honestly, didn't have high hopes for. Well, Doug Christie gets his first career win. We're going to talk about Doug. I'm going to share with you just some of my experiences with Doug to give you an idea of how well-deserved this is and how he is going to be great at this job, whether it's in Sacramento or on some other bench in the NBA. We're not going to overreact too much, though. I want to make sure I'm dialing in all of the hot takes of Doug should be the Kings head coach going forward and the Kings just play better for Doug Christie after just one game sample size. But we can celebrate a little bit, too. We have to talk about the excellent fourth quarter uh, that the Kings had in order to win this game, battling back from down double digits to win by double digits. Harrison Barnes, a statement game for him, a game that he very much needed. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox playing very, very well for the majority of this game. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly with uh, Sacramento Sports Radio uh, here in Sactown and, and now with ABC 10 Television. And, and speaking of Sacramento Sports Radio, I used to work with uh, Doug Christie himself at Sports 1140 KHDK. I had the opportunity to work with him uh, for a couple of years there. And that's where I really got a, an appreciation for who Doug is, the person that he is, the genuine, authentic man that he is. Look, I grew up a diehard fan uh, of Doug Christie uh, amongst that that great team in the uh, the late two, or rather the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, of course, Doug was such an important part of that team that should have won a championship, as we all know. Uh, but getting the opportunity to interact with him on a daily basis, work with him, uh, and and learn that the persona that he gives off when he's on television or on the radio, or if you bump into him on the street, that. Uh, energetic, happy, positive, smiley guy. That's not an act. That is who Doug Christie is. So it's no surprise that Doug is a fan favorite wherever he goes, not just in Sacramento. He's a fan favorite in Toronto as well. Uh, And it's no surprise that players like to play for Doug. Look, Doug has been trying to get onto an NBA bench to become a coach for a long time. Doug understands the game of basketball very, very well. And in the years that Doug was working first, just on the uh, the pre and post game show uh, for NBC Sports, then uh, started working on the broadcast. And then, of course, 
uh, went to the, uh, the the bench as an assistant coach this season. Even before he was an assistant coach, players in Sacramento, even opposing players, would come up, have conversations with Doug Christie, and he'd give him their insight or his insight, and he'd he'd teach him some things, especially on the defensive end. I had the opportunity of just listening to Doug and and working with Doug on radio shows and hearing him uh, talk about the fundamentals of defense and what it takes to play good defense at the NBA level and making it understandable uh, to, to people like uh, you, people like me who have not played in the NBA before and don't necessarily understand all the terminology or don't get what it takes to be an actual player at that level. The things that you really can't uh, understand unless you're there. Doug Christie makes those somewhat understandable the way he speaks about the game. I haven't seen anybody really talk about the game with the passion and the clarity that Doug Christie uh, speaks with. So coaching has been in his mind and, and something that he's wanted to do for a while. And I was thrilled when he got the opportunity to join Luke Walton's staff as, as an assistant. Now, I did also, after Walton was fired and we heard the rumors that uh, Christie could be in line for, and it sounded like he was Vivek Ranadive's pick to take over as interim head coach. I was hesitant on that. I did push back on that and I made sure to make it very, very clear. It wasn't because I didn't believe in Doug. It wasn't because I didn't think Doug was capable of being a good head coach in the NBA. It's because I thought that they were putting him in a position to fail. I think it was, it's a significantly better position uh, for Alvin Gentry, who's a very experienced head coach, a well-respected head coach uh, in, in the NBA to, to take on uh, that responsibility. Because if, if Doug were in this spot, I'd like to believe that the Kings would be playing for him every night the same way that they played for him tonight in their win over the Washington Wizards. But that's just, that's not realistic. So I'm glad Alvin Gentry is the interim head coach. But while I'm not glad to hear Gentry um, test positive for COVID-19 and wish him the absolute best, speedy recovery and everything like that, I was glad to see Doug get his kind of no-pressure opportunity tonight at home in a game that I don't think anyone or too many people expected the Kings to win. Now, how much of this do we want to put on Doug? How much of this do we want to put on the players and the players-only meeting that they had after their uh, their most recent loss in, in Toronto? That can be up for debate. But what I want to share with you is that Doug Christie commits himself 110% to everything that he does. Everything that he does. He cares about being successful. He cares about the game of basketball and teaching the game of basketball. And most importantly, as he said during the pregame uh, press conference that he had with the Sacramento media, he has unfinished business here in Sacramento. He, amongst every other member of that 2002 Sacramento Kings team, believes that they should have brought a championship to this city. And Doug has shared with me before, and I think he's said it publicly on the Locked on Kings podcast before, that had the Kings won that 2002 championship, they probably would have won another one or two after that. Doug like Vlade, when Vlade came here as the general manager, he feels that he owes it to the city to do what he can to help make that dream of bringing a championship to Sacramento a reality. Now, that's, of course, miles upon miles upon miles away from just getting one win uh, in your debut against a Washington Wizards squad, of course. But that just goes to show you how much Doug cares. And in terms of his personality, the infectious personality that he has, players love that. 
Players love to play for that. So it's no surprise to me at all in the slightest that the Kings players played as hard as they did tonight. Now, again, how much of that was for Doug specifically? How much of that was because they were embarrassed by that three-game road trip and had a players-only meeting and maybe that actually created positive change? I don't know. And honestly, I, I don't think anyone can really answer that question without the context of, of, of a handful of games going forward. But I'll say the, the one thing that stood out to me the most about Doug Christie's coaching is how active he was on the sidelines. Now, that's nothing new for Doug this season. Even with Gentry, with Walton, doesn't matter. If you watch the bench, whether it's on TV or if you go to a game and watch the bench, Doug is up every possession. He's the first one out with the players to uh, to greet the players coming off the floor during a timeout or at the end of a quarter. He's active. He's talking to everybody. That is who Doug is. And Doug was basically doing suicides up and down the sideline. He was just as active and just as fired up as the players were on the floor that were actually executing. That is the energy that Doug Christie brings. And that energy is infectious. And stuff like that is where I think, okay, this is where Doug could be a very unique head coach. Because while he cares about being professional, and of course he is professional, he is invested in the game. He loves the game. He cares about the game. And I'm not saying other head coaches who stand there with their arms crossed and don't really show too much emotion, uh, they're not like that. But Doug is actively involved as if he is on the floor playing himself. That's who Doug has always been. That's how much Doug respects and loves the game. So to see him on the sidelines actually as the head coach being able to do that, that was a fun treat. And I think that should have stood out to you if you didn't see it already. Go back and just watch the highlights and, and look how much Doug is just pacing along the sidelines up and active and, and clapping and, and cheering and talking and making sure that the team was executing. But I want to make sure of one thing, and I, I'm trying not to be a Debbie Downer here, not to like rain on anybody's parade or anything like that, because tonight is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating Doug Christie and the accomplishment of his first ever win. It's worth celebrating the Kings bouncing back and getting an impressive win over a very, very good Washington Wizards squad. But we can't overreact. As easy and fun as it would be to say, Doug Christie is the future head coach of this Kings team. He's what this team has been missing. They are going to win under him uh, or playing for him. The way that he, uh, like the respect that he has, how he coaches on the sideline, it's a recipe for success. Doug is the answer we've all needed. It's, it's, we want to say that. Hell, I want to say that. I would love to do a whole podcast on that. But we can't overreact to one game. Not just for Doug, but for this Kings team, period. Like, we have no idea what kind of head coach Doug Christie is going to be. I think he's going to be a successful head coach in the NBA. I hope it's here in Sacramento eventually. But I'm not going to say that I know how successful Doug is going to be as a head coach, and I know everything about Doug Christie as a head coach, and just from one, just from one game, win or lose. And for this Kings team, we just saw this team win three in a row and then lose three in a row terribly. So we can't read too far into this one win at all. Now, if, if Gentry misses the next five games, Doug coaches all five and the Kings go six and zero with Doug Christie. Okay. Then maybe we could start looking at something a little bit and say, Hey, what's different? What is Doug doing right? And can he and the Kings continue that if they continue working together, we can get to that point. We're not at that point right now. So again, not trying to ruin your party, not trying to rain on your parade, but pump the brakes a little bit on the overreaction. And I, I don't think I'm just talking to Kings fans. I think I'm also talking to some people in, in, in Kings ownership who wanted Doug Christie in that position. Don't rush to conclusions. 
celebrate what Doug's been able to accomplish, be thankful that Doug is still a part of the Sacramento Kings organization, and hope that the best case scenario happens, that Doug is a great head coach immediately, and you can secure him, and he can be the answer to your coaching problem that you really haven't been able to solve for as long as this team's been out of the playoffs. Very happy for Doug Christie. Love the man to death. Could not be more excited for him to get this opportunity, to excel in this opportunity. So happy that he's 1-0. And I look forward to seeing if he has the opportunity to continue head coaching in the future. I imagine he's going to get at least one more game, but I have no idea what the situation is with Alvin Gentry. Again, wish uh, Alvin nothing but the best, a very speedy recovery. I'm not going to root for Alvin to stay sick or stay out so that Doug uh, can get his opportunities as a head coach. I would love to have them both back on the uh, on the bench and maybe Gentry and, and Doug can work together to find out how to maximize this team and get them to do consistently what they were able to do tonight. We're going to talk about, of course, what actually happened on the floor outside of the coaching. We're going to talk about the uh, the Kings and their great fourth quarter, the amazing effort for Harrison Barnes in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about the play of Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, two guys that we thought we're going to be Sacramento Kings before the season started. That's all coming up in just a second. Right now, though, like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam to get your money out of you without you even realizing it. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions now. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions very hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. That is it. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. It removes all the hassle. They do it for you and they save you money. Truebill is over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It can save you thousands a year. Again, that's Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic des- uh, alongside of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance socks, I talked about this the last time I did a Stance read. Stance socks have replaced most socks in my drawer. Absolutely love how Stance socks feel. And with uh, going out and covering the storms in Sacramento for ABC 10, I was wearing Stance socks. I uh, ended up stepping in some mud and some plenty of rain puddles. And Stance, they they did the job. They held up. They kept my feet warm, kept my feet dry. Uh, very thankful for that. Also, of course, Stance underwear. Very health, uh, very, I should say, uh, comfortable. I'm sure they're healthy too, but I meant to say they're comfortable. Uh, and uh, they, I mean, I'm a picky guy when it comes to the underwear that I where Stance passed all the tests for me with flying colors. Stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com. Get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. As much as we want to give the credit all to Doug Christie, we have to make sure we dish out the credit to the Kings as a team. 
This is a very impressive victory. And look, it's been mostly negative here recently on the Locked on Kings podcast. Most, mostly Debbie Downer. And you've heard me say that I believe only Monty McNair is capable of saving this season. Some people might think that now Doug Christie joins Monty McNair as capable of saving this season for the Sacramento Kings. I, of course, am not there yet, even though it would be fun to say so. But with how negative I've been about this Kings team, with how much I'm questioning this group and their ability to play together, I do have to make sure that I give the team credit when they do come together and they put together solid performances like they did tonight. And they did so very, very shorthanded, missing their normal interim head coach, missing a number of players because of COVID protocol and injuries. Like this was this was a very impressive win for the Kings. Now, just like I'm not going to overreact to Doug getting his first win and being 1-0 as the head coach of the Kings, I'm not going to overreact to this Kings team getting one win over the Washington Wizards and say that everything's fixed and, and they're going to be fine going forward and all their problems are solved. No, they still have very, very big problems. But these are games that remind you of what this Kings team is capable of. And I'm sure circumstances of Doug being on the sidelines for the first time and the, and the players wanting to get him that first win, of course that, that plays into it. Of course that plays into it. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't. But overall... From a team standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, with how the Kings have struggled, this was a good win that this team needed. I mean, the fourth quarter alone, extremely, extremely impressive, especially with the third quarter trending in the direction that it was trending. Look, we all looked at the third quarter and we thought, oh God, here we go again. Like here's here's where the the as fun as it is to see Doug on the sidelines and as as back and forth and entertaining as the first half was. Here's the separation. Here's Washington now kind of putting their foot on the gas a little bit, and the Kings typically fold at this point in time or just aren't able to match it. And Washington is a good team. I mean, their their record has slowed down a little bit. They got off to a really good start. Now they're 15 and 14 after tonight's loss. But they're a very good team with very talented players, not just Bradley Peel. For the Kings to go down by, I think, 12 points. Yeah, 12 points was the largest lead for the Wizards. And then to battle back, and to win by double digits, but to do so by dominating the fourth quarter. And I'm not just talking about dominating offensively. They dominated on both sides of the ball. They got stops, and they took good shots and executed. They didn't just chuck up threes. They didn't throw up Hail Marys. They got to the rim. They got to the foul line. And on the defensive end, they were rotating. They were not giving good looks and open looks uh, to the uh, to the Washington Wizards, Two guys like Bradley Beal. They were playing hard, forcing the Wizards into uncomfortable spots, and it worked out. 35-16, to 16, the Kings outscored the Wizards in the fourth quarter. If you do that typically in the fourth quarter, you're going to win. And what I love to see was that the Kings used a run to, not, to get back in the game, but they didn't just stop there. Like, compare that to the first quarter of the loss in Toronto. The Kings are down 11-0 to start. They go on a 10-0 run. They're trailing by one, and suddenly they're down by eight or nine points again. Like you do all that work to get yourself back into the game, build upon that. Most teams, like I said, use a run like a 10-0 run to either take a lead if they're trailing or build upon that lead. The Kings use their big run to come back, to take the lead, and then to extend it to double digits. Now, it wasn't all one run. It was spread out over the course of basically the entire fourth quarter. But still, that's what you like to see with basketball being a game of runs. That's the execution that the Kings need. And quite honestly, to hold the Wizards to just 105 points, that's a win for the Kings while scoring 119 of their own. This is the game that we were hoping to see more often at the start of the season where the defense is solid enough and the offense is where we expect it to be. 
De'Aaron Fox had a great game tonight. 28 points, 10 of 16 shooting. He didn't do it all in the fourth quarter, but he uh, he was aggressive from start to finish. Did get to the foul line 13 times. You'd love to see that. Unfortunately, only hit eight of them, so that's not the best percentage, but you can live with that. Also had four rebounds, four assists. Um, did turn the ball over a couple times, but it wasn't too bad. Like overall, that was the scoring performance that you needed out of De'Aaron Fox. And then Harrison Barnes, who was so good, so good to start the season. He got hurt. He dropped off in a major way. Like Harrison has not looked the same for the entire month of November and, and, and half of December to this point. He just hasn't looked the same compared to how he was playing in, I shouldn't say the entire month of November because early November and late October is when he was playing very, very well. This was a statement for Harrison Barnes. This was a game that he needed because you could hear and see the frustration on his face and in his voice after he took the podium uh, during that Toronto's Raptors loss. He knew he had to be better. He knew this team as a whole had to be better. And he's tired of talking to the media after bad losses, truth be told. He always seems to be thrown into the fire in those situations. But Harrison stepped up in a major way, showed a lot of passion in that fourth quarter, a lot of intensity that you don't normally see out of a reserved and kind of calm and stone-faced guy like Harrison Barnes. 19 points in 32 minutes, 6 of 10 shooting from the field, also had a, a six of six uh, from the free foul line, five rebounds, three assists, a steal. Harrison Barnes got back to where the Kings needed him. He put the team on his back in the fourth quarter like he did very early on in the season, and the Kings needed that kind of effort from him. Then you talk about Davion Mitchell, who got his first career start. The Kings started a three-guard lineup. That was a difference uh, or something different that uh, Doug Christie decided to implement. Now, he did so because this Kings team is shorthanded. Still no Rashawn Holmes. Uh, no Marvin Bagley, who was also in the starting lineup recently, uh, no Terrence Davis. So Kings had to make a decision. And I like that instead of moving Buddy Heald in the starting lineup, Doug Christie elected to go with Davion Mitchell and Davion rewarded Doug had 13 points, six of 13 shooting. Also played some solid defense, had five assists. And then of course we could talk about Tyrese Halliburton, who I still want to see him score more. Now the good news is Tyrese did shoot the ball. He shot 12 times. He only hit four of them, so it wasn't the greatest night offensively for Tyrese, but I can live with that. Shoot the ball. And if he's going to score eight points but shoot 12 times, you know what? I can take that. I won't take that every single night, but if he pairs that with nine assists and eight turnover or eight uh, rebounds for a near triple-double, also three block shots and three steals, Tyrese was all over the stat column. I'll take that performance any given night from Tyrese Halliburton. Add a few more points on top of that, it's perfect. And then off the bench, you got three really good performances off the bench. You got Tristan Thompson, who gave you 15 points in 20 minutes. Chemezi Metu got off to a really rough start in this game, finished with 13 points in, in 17 minutes. And Buddy Heald played a little more than I would like him to play, but I think a lot of that also has to do with Terrence Davis being out. If Terrence Davis is, is healthy, I, I imagine he's not playing as much as he did, which was nearly 29 minutes. But Buddy did give the Kings 15 points. He only took 10 shots. Only seven of them were three-pointers. Went four of seven from three-point range. You love that out of Buddy Hield. That is a perfect number of shooting threes for Buddy Hield. Seven, golden number for me. I know some people, including Kings coaches, would like that number to be higher. Not me. If you shoot seven threes, if you make three of them, great. If you make four of them, excellent. This was a good performance out of Buddy Hield. He had some big shots uh, when the Kings needed. And I don't think it's a coincidence that when Buddy keeps his shot attempts in check, the Kings are more successful. Overall, just a fantastic uh, team win for the Sacramento Kings. But if we're going to talk about Buddy Heald, we also have to talk about the two guys that the Kings nearly traded Buddy Heald for. And that's Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma, 
who were with the Lakers, and we thought Buddy Heald was going to be traded for those two with the Lakers. Of course, the uh, Lakers decided to make the trade for Russell Westbrook, and they sent Kuzma and, and Harold to Washington as part of that deal. Well, Montrez Harrell had some good moments. He had 14 points, five of seven shooting and 21 minutes off the bench. And I still stand by both Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma would definitely help this Kings team. Kuzma, however, uh, he struggled in this game, had uh, played just under 33 minutes, went three of 10 from the field for just six points, uh, had three rebounds, four assists. Certainly not the Kyle Kuzma who absolutely torched the Kings in Sacramento uh, last season when he was playing for the Lakers. And they didn't have, I think, both Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James didn't play in that game and Kuzma went off for like 30 plus or something like that. So a different Kyle Kuzma this time, not his best game on the planet. He certainly was outplayed by Buddy Heald off the bench, but I still think, and I could be wrong and maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you do agree with me. I think the Kings would have been in a much better shape period this season had both those guys been Kings and Buddy been in LA. But you know what? We're not going to harp on that because the team that uh, those two play for lost to the Kings tonight. And that's the ultimate takeaway. So a good win for the Kings. Now, how can they build upon it? They have a lot of home games throughout the remainder of December, a lot of winnable games at home throughout the remainder of December. You got to build off this. It can't just be a one hit wonder. Can't just be a one trick pony. I'm waiting to see how the Kings build off of this. And now I'm excited to play for you the audio of head coach Doug Christie after his first ever win. Uh, I'm not going to play the audio from Tyrese Halliburton from you, but Tyrese did share that the team gave Doug uh, the game ball after the win, which I think is fantastic. He absolutely deserves that. And I hope uh, that goes into Doug's trophy case amongst the other incredible mementos from his career. But that's win one of many, I think, for Doug in his head coaching career. You're going to hear from DC here in just a second. Today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all of the latest episodes of the Locked on Kings podcast. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power as well. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all in the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain just how how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions do apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super proud. I mean, this is a this was a team win at the highest regard from... Rico and Stacy to Jonah and Longo, Lindsay. Obviously, AG spoke to the, the team uh, prior and after the game, and then playing every single player on the team. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that for, for me, watching them uh, share the ball. And then defensively, I thought we played a um, one of our, our better games. Uh, we didn't turn the basketball over after the first quarter. I believe we had eight turnovers for 14 points in the first quarter. And then after that, in three quarters, we had three turnovers for five points. So um, that's winning basketball and that's proud basketball. And that's what I've always said to you guys, um, as I know each one of you pretty much individually and you've talked to me individually, um, that's, what I think I expect, I'm ownership, um, the city, just compete your butt off and, and we can live with the, the results of that. 
Doug, just what was the experience like for you? I'm sure you were nervous. I'm sure you had a, a lot of a million things running through your head, but this how did it play out? Um, I actually I wasn't super nervous, oddly enough. I did have a million things running through my head, um, which I, I just kind of went and found a room and just kind of wrote down a few things that that I wanted to focus on. And uh, all the assistants were incredible to kind of help and guide me through in certain parts. And then the team just, they, they responded. Um, but for me, like um, those of you, again, who, who know me, I, I've done radio, I've done television and they're like, how do you like it? Like there's there's no other place in the world I'd rather be than, than on, on the court with our team. It's, um, it's, it's joyous for me in ways that I can't even explain. Along those lines, Doug, did you have a moment where, did you have a moment where, you know, sitting next to Alvin, you see how animated you are and a lot of eyes are on you tonight. Did it feel any different from what you do alongside Alvin? Yeah, that seat's totally different than my seat. Uh, let me tell you, it's, uh, it's like miles away. Uh, the game looks different. The vibe of the game is different. Uh, obviously, the responsibilities are different, but um, yeah, it's it, it it was a Sean. It was totally a different experience, um, but they they made it very enjoyable for me. Um, it was difficult, I, you know. That's a that's a team that has had some ups and downs, but they played well um, in the Eastern Conference. I would, you know, they're they're probably going to be a playoff team as they continue to to go through after the big trade that they had. Uh, they had us down, and for us to come back and fight back the way that we did, those are that that's what makes a lot of winning worth it. Is you know, if it, if it was easy, everybody would do it, but it's not. Um, and it, it requires uh, toughness, and, and I thought that we showed that tonight. Coach what, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on the three guards? From your standpoint as guard, uh, what was your thoughts on, on your three-guard lineup, you know, with Mitchell, uh, Fox, and Halliburton? Because, uh, you know, Dinwiddie and yeah. Really over there. I think he put up points. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, um, I thought that they were spectacular, man. I thought they played a really good all-around game. I mean, when you look at Ty, he almost had a triple-double, eight rebounds, nine assists, eight points. Davion in his start uh, defensively, I thought he was special. Um, you know, I ask him all the time, like, the court is 94 feet long. The first 40, 47 of yours, you do with him what you want. And after that, when he started picking up, I was like, there you go. Um, and then Fox is just, he's special, man. When he gets downhill, when um, he gets that rhythm, it's uh, it, it turns into something different. And then he, he brought it home. So, you know, you can't, I don't think, necessarily play that way versus every team, like your Torontos and bigger teams. But um, this was a team that we felt like we could play the three guards, and I thought that they did a really good job. First of all, Doug, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Um, did you feel like there was a turning point in that second half? Because obviously you got down double digits a couple of times. You took a timeout. Did you feel like there was any point where you felt that momentum starting to go your way? Yeah, we, we, uh, we called a timeout, and um, we, we had made a little bit of a run. And normally you go to the huddle, but I wouldn't talk to the team. And, and I looked at him and I asked him, I said, do you realize why we just did what we did? And they kind of looked at me and I said, it's defense. 
That's why we just made the run that we made. Now, if we want to finish them, we can finish them, but it's not going to be at the other end. The other end will take care of itself. For me, that was the, the turning point when we decided to, to get a little more handsy, to pick up a little higher, to fight through the screens, to not lay on them. Um, all of a sudden, things start happening for us. Yeah. Doug, congratulations. Um, Thank you. You know, we know how much you, you have loved this city over the years and the way you've been embraced in this city. What um, what was it like to just kind of hear the crowd react to you the way they did tonight and, and kind of to bring that joy back to this fan base after so many hard nights? Man, Jay, that it uh, it means everything. I think that that's uh, when I say unfinished business, you know, this is a, a proud city, a, a city that deserves um, – a high level of basketball when they come out to watch it. And uh, unfortunately for a long time, it hasn't been that way, um, but it does not have to stay that way and it won't. We'll, we'll get it, we'll get it there. It's um, it's step by step, but um, it, it felt good. I mean, also, listen, not for me, like move me out of the way. I think it feels good for them. Like they don't even know what's here. You know what I mean? They they have no idea who those people are and what they bring to the game. So uh, to hear the building come alive was was really good. Just when you saw some of the rotations that you guys used, you saw some lineups we hadn't really seen a whole lot of. Was there was that just kind of feel the game and the flow of the game, or was that kind of more you know methodical and premeditated coming in? No, I mean we, you know, we kind of have some ideas uh, when we when we start about you know things that we might want to do at certain times. But the game is the game is fluid, and um, you, for me, it was it was just a feel. The coaching staff were fantastic with giving me some ideas, but more than anything, it's just like, what do we need right now? Like we went to Tristan, like we needed toughness. We, we needed somebody to hit somebody. We needed somebody to go in there and rebound the basketball. Um, and he, he brought that. So for, for me, it was just, you know, more of a feel and a vibe. And that's something that from, you know, I've been able to watch and, and learn since I've been here about, you know, kind of how the flow of the game is, but um, you know, I've been around it for quite some time. Um, but one thing I know is, is you, <laughs> I don't know anything. You just continue to learn, man. You continue to learn. Love hearing from Doug Christie again. Congratulations to him. So happy for him. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to see many more, whether it's in Sacramento or otherwise. I just, I, I have full confidence in Doug Christie's ability to be a head coach. Uh, and even if he still has to be an assistant for a couple more years before he gets that opportunity, um, I, I just have nothing but high expectations for the man and could not be more thrilled and more happy for him. And it just is icing on the cake that uh, he can get that first victory in Sacramento and help give the Kings a nice victory over the Washington Wizards. Now I want to hear from you. How are you feeling? You celebrating? What are your thoughts on Doug Christie? Your thoughts on the Kings as a whole? Uh, send those to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.